You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome to Open Court with Jay Young, your Fairfield University basketball podcast, starring the first-year head coach of the Stags. I'm Bob Eisler, along with the Fairfield Hall of Famer, my broadcast partner, Joe DeSantis. And in this edition of the podcast, we'll talk about the Stags' games against Siena and Iona. We'll preview a uh, tough road trip coming up with games against Marist and St. Peter's. And we're also going to be joined today by Fairfield Center, Vincent Easy, as he shares with us his story, fascinating story of his journey from Nigeria here to playing basketball in the U.S. But first, Coach, uh, I'm going to pose a question that I posed to Joe on the air the other day during the Iona game. You've lost two straight games. I had a great win against Monmouth uh, preceding those two losses, so a little bit of good and, and the bad. But coming off the two losses, now I pose to Joe the question, how do you go about keeping the team in a positive frame of mind? So I offer that question to you. Going forward this week, as you get ready for those tough games, how do you keep them up? Yeah, I, I think it's really no different than, than it was kind of business as usual for us. Um, you know, we, we say all the time, and we've done this pretty consistently, that we evaluate the wins the same way as the losses. Now, the feeling's much different, but the evaluation is the same. So we've been in the film room after wins, and uh, you know, been unhappy with our play and, and some of our execution and the same things with losses. So, uh, you know, this has been a good group, a resilient group. We just got back there um, in the film room yesterday, you know, um, went through some stuff that we have to improve on. Um, certainly offensively is a, is a grind for us, and we're, we're continuing to do that. But, you know, uh, this isn't uh, a panic mode. This is two losses in a row. That's going to happen. Uh you know, one was on the road, and we played a very good Iona team who's obviously, you know, was coming off a, a big win at Quinnipiac, too. So they're, they're improving. Uh, and we just got to stay the course. That's the message, you know. get Do what we've been doing. Defend, rebound, do it a little better. Um, cut down on our mistakes on offense. So it, it really is business as usual. Um, you know, it's a two, two games. Certainly we didn't think we played well, and we've got to improve on that. What were some of those mistakes that you saw on offense when you broke down the film? <laughs> well, how long? How long a podcast is this? <laughs> um, you, you know, it, it's we, we got to make some more shots for sure, but you know, just some of our execution. Um, you know, a, a theme for us all year, and it's been frustrating. Is just some of the turnovers. Uh, you know, these guys. Vince can hear me say this is Fairfield beating Fairfield. You know that. It's not necessarily things that Iona did, it's stuff with our execution. So really just, just some ball security issues. Um, I thought our shots that we got were pretty good after watching the film. And, you know, quite honestly, there's, you know, just got to make some shots at some point. And I feel we will. Um, and, and really that's it, you know, just, just kind of getting back and, and uh, some of the details of what we're doing, our screening angles, our cuts, that type of thing to help us improve offensively. What about defensively? I know there were some – you know, there was some talk about from you about the team's defense uh, against at Siena and against Iona and Bridgeport. Um, what that those are your core things: defending and, of course, rebounding. Mm-hmm. What were the things you need to improve upon coming out of those games? Yeah, I, j- I just thought it was a combination of uh, you know maybe some disappointment lags. Our our offense was kind of failing us, and uh, we played some teams who were making some shots. And their shot making was good, and it kind of uh, snowballed on us that we'd get, 
you know, bad offensive possession come down, really not, you know, miss an assignment on defense, pay for it with a three or something like that, and then, you know, come back and, and just kind of not uh, stay the course, you know, get a good shot. So I just thought that, you know, uh, we played two very good offensive teams. Obviously, Siena's undefeated at home. So we were going to have to go in there and be special, which we certainly weren't. And then, uh, you know, we played a, a team uh, against Iona. And I said this afterwards, if we play them 10 times and they were going to shoot like that and we were going to execute, we were going to lose all 10 times. So we, we've we got to do better on both ends for sure. I was a little disappointed. Just I thought our offense deflated us, and we've been pretty good all year when that has happened of just kind of, uh, you know, getting some stops even when our offense, you know, hasn't been scoring for us. And I just didn't think we did that in the Siena or the um, – the Iona game, but give credit to both those teams. They made they made a lot of shots and, and they made some difficult ones. Yeah, and as you said, Siena has yet to lose this year at home, and Iona is now in a groove over the last two games, as you already pointed out. They whack Quinnipiac pretty good as well. So we'll go back to that Mammoth game. Is that the template for what you guys can do when you're when you're doing exactly as it's drawn up, meaning that Mama team could put points on the board as well, and you defended them well that night, and you scored an, enough to win. Is that an example? Is that something you would hold up as, hey, guys, this is how we can beat, you know, teams that can put points on the board, teams that are dynamic, and we got it done that night against them. Yeah, we always, the night before we go over a number that we, we have in our mind of what we can, what the other team can score and how we can get there so for for Monmouth it was we could have to take 20 points off somehow and for us for them they were getting the foul line a lot so instead of I think at the time they were going there 21 times a game and making I think think 17 of them whatever it was we were going to take eight off that way we were going to allow three less threes so we try and give them a formula of how that's going to happen now the game's at 55 uh, to 60 and we can win that game that's a game we can win um, and the way we score, we have to be realistic about that number. So, you know, we, we're always talking about how we can take a number, whatever it was, uh, for Siena, it was in the mid-70s, and try and shave points off and try and do this, and uh, this is how we're going to do it. Now, unfortunately, against, obviously, Siena and Iona, we didn't do it, uh, and they have something to do with that. They're not just going to allow you to do it. We were able to do that versus Monmouth, keep the pace the way we wanted, um, and, and, you know, make one more shot than they did, really. Uh, that's what it came down to. So we can win some of those games, but we've just got to we've got to be so uh, stingy on the defensive end, and that's tough to do all the time. That's the uh, game, of course, that Alan Jean Rose won uh, right before the buzzer with that coast to coast layup. And since then, he's become a pretty integral part of the rotation. The thought process, the decision making that went into giving him more minutes now as the season moves along. Yeah, I just think the thought process was that uh, we talked about this a little last time is, you know, he had been playing better in practice, uh, doing a better job and kind of getting our attention a little more in practice and coupled by the fact that, you know, uh, we we got to let him play and play through some, some mistakes. And I uh, really wasn't doing that early in the season and just kind of went some, with some other guys that, that I trusted a little more with the ball. So it was just a matter of, hey, I, I, we got to give him a shot. It's got to be a real shot. And let's see what he can do here the second half of the season, see if he can give us a lift, and he certainly has done that. So he's got to continue to do that. And I like the way, you know, he didn't do that um, against Siena. Uh, I'm sorry, against uh, Iona the other night. He did he did an offensive rebound like I thought. Now, there weren't, uh, you know, a lot of opportunities for us, but um, for him when he was out there. 
but uh, he did rebound versus. I think he had six versus Siena, which is good. And we got We need those extra possessions. So if we got a another guy with Chris grabbing some offensive rebounds along with Vince, that helps us a lot um, to get some extra offensive possessions. So he's been good, and he's got to continue to to do that. As you look for more offense, you've got a guy in this team who's had an up and down season, who was a preseason All Mac selection. And his minutes have dropped the last couple of games. Jesus Cruz, what does he need to do to reclaim some of those minutes and get his game back on track again? Yeah, he just he needs to play better. <laughs> you know, that's it's it's as simple as that. Um, and he's doing a good job. He was in my office today, and uh, you know, it's it's a matter of he's got to be a little more selective with shot selection. I think he's forcing his offense, taking some bad ones, and that's compounding the problem. Uh, that he's getting frustrated with some stuff, but it's difficult for him to, you know, get some of the stuff off around the basket because it's crowded. So we, we're trying to find some creative ways to help him a little more. And, uh, you know, he's got to play better. Uh, it's no secret. I told him is, you know, your performance is directly related to playing time. And, and, and he knows that he's got to play a little better. And my thing with all these guys, quite honestly, Bob is very rarely do, uh, you know, I, I've got some liberty with with some offense that I'm going to let them take some shots, and uh, but they got to go down that other end and they got to be they got to defend and rebound. And if your offense is going to dictate how you're going to play down that off that other end, then then that's going to be an issue. So um, whether we make or miss, uh, we need guys who consistently go down and defend and rebound, and that's that's what we are. So when we stop doing that. You know, um, guys got to keep that in mind, that that's going to cut into their playing time. But Zeus was in here earlier. He understands. He's doing a great job. He was in the gym on his off day today trying to get better, and that's that's a great sign. Kind of looking uh, from him for the same kind of response you got out of Wasif. Uh, he got a DNP at Ryder and then responds with some really good games coming out of that. You're kind of looking to uh, Jesus to duplicate what Wasif gave you in terms of a response, huh? Well, some, sometimes just sitting and watching a little bit can can uh, recalibrate you. Um, and uh, I gave credit to Wasif right after we beat Monmouth because he did get the DNP and he didn't hang his head. He came out to practice the next day and, and showed me they should have been playing. And we stuck him in and he did a great job for us. So, um, you know, a lot of it has to do with matchups. A lot of it has to do with how other guys are playing. Each individual game is different. Um so sometimes you're, but it's it's about performance. It's no different than anywhere. I mean, this isn't little league. We don't all get trophies. You gotta, you've gotta play and you gotta perform, and and that's how your minutes go up. I want to bring in Vince in a moment here, uh, Joe. Just wanted to ask you before we got Vince involved, if you had anything for Coach. Yeah, I do, and I'm a little bit out of sequence, so forgive me. So you get the job, you're gung ho, your first division one <laughs> head job, and um, um. We feel, a lot of people feel, you're putting your mark down. You're a good defensive team. You're in every game. But you're winning and losing. What what in your past, it doesn't even have to be basketball, what in your past has um, gotten you to, not to accept this, but gotten you ready for this? Well, I've been a part of a lot of builds, um, either as a head coach and as an assistant. You know, my first job as a head coach was at a place called Newbury College where I don't know if they've, and we didn't even have a gym at the time or, or uniforms or anything like that. So I got an early taste at a low level of how to build a program. And then, um, you know, went to the University of New Haven and been a long time since they had won. So you and, and then, you know, obviously at Stony Brook when I was Steve's assistant and at Rutgers. So we were, I was, I've never been at a place where uh, a program 
it's just been handed to you and there's a lot of things in place already or or they've always been built. You think so, that would be fun if you were able to get a job like that? I don't know. I kind of like <laughs> that. Maybe. Maybe maybe I'd still have hair. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I love the builds. I love the process. I, I, I think there's nothing better than to put your own fingerprints on something. Um, so, you know, as much as it, it drives me crazy losing and, and uh, you know, my thing is if we're playing hard, we're trying to execute, then the wins will just start to follow. That's that's what we got to do. And, um, uh, you know, so, yeah, I, I, I've i never been in a place where, where you know, there was like uh, four starters returning and they, they won 18 games a year before. I've just never been part of that. Let's bring in Vince. And um, Vince has been a steady presence for you, Coach, all season long. And uh, as we teased at the beginning, Vince, you got a fascinating story how you got from Nigeria to the United States, but before we get to the beginning, let's get to where you are right now. What made you choose Fairfield? How did you end up as a Fairfield Stag? Um, after my um, last year at University of Maine, obviously I know um, I wanted to um, continue my education as well as uh, play out my last collegiate um, basketball career. Um, I knew I had um, a year guaranteed coming back so uh, for me at that point I wanted to get out of Maine first of all just because I've been there for four years and I wanted like a change of scenery um, the next thing was looking for the right um, program for graduate school then basketball stuff um, then I had you know, schools reaching out then uh, Coach Young reached out and uh, I had talked to my old coach at the University of Maine uh, Coach Bob Walsh and who's friends with Coach Young so um that kind of started the process for me. Um, then I took a visit. I liked everything about Fairfield, um, the program, the school, what they were all about. Um, that made me um, decide that I wanted to come here and play out my college career. So, and so academically, uh, what are you pursuing as far as your graduate con- uh, degree is concerned? Um, I'm getting my master's in public administration. Tremendous. Um, is that what you pursued in Maine? What is your undergraduate degree in? Um, Maine, I got a double major in sociology and human development. Nice. I should mention also that coach was just telling us that you made the dean's list here after your uh, first semester as a graduate student. Congratulations on that. Was it a was it difficult? Was it challenging your first year in the master's program? Yes, absolutely. It was difficult. But, um, you know, it's stuff you got to do. You got to take it one step at a time. Obviously, time management goes into that as well. Just because, you know, the travel and stuff, you still got to find time here and there to get, like, work done. You know, sometimes, even though it's on the bus or whatever, you just, you just get, like, three pages, four pages, whatever you could get done. And that way it helps you. You could still find time to go to bed early, get ready for practice and stuff like that the next day. Yeah, it sounds like you've got the time management thing down already pretty well. Um, we're sitting here on a rainy, wintry afternoon in Fairfield, Connecticut, in February of 2020. If I had uh, painted that scenario for you when you were, say, 14, 15 years old and a, and a young teenager in Nigeria, is that something that you could have envisioned? I mean, coming to the United States first as a basketball player was probably something that wasn't even a notion for the most part, was it? No, absolutely not. I was I wasn't thinking about going to the states at fourteen. Um, I wasn't even thinking about playing basketball at the time. At the time, I was probably still playing soccer. So I picked up basketball very late, and I saw what basketball t- could do for a lot of guys, and that's part of the reason I started getting more involved. And as time went on, I kind of got better at it each day, and uh, I worked really hard with 
um, some of the coaches back home. Um, and I saw, like, most of my friends were actually um, a lot better, and I wanted to be better like them. So um, I had to get involved with um, the coaches they were working with at the time. Um, then I, I saw the opportunity that basketball could um, create and give uh, for people who didn't have much back at home. So I was like, okay, if this could, you know, help me get a better education, this could take me to the States, why not, you know, go all in? So how did it happen? What was your first exposure to basketball in Nigeria? Um, I think I went, me and, me and one of my friends who were going um, to, there's a, there's a local park around the area, and they had like an open court on the street. Like there's a, there's a highway on both sides, and there's a court in the middle. So like you see a lot of people go out and watch basketball. So at the time, we just went there to watch because, you know, there's a lot of people around there. It was like, oh, what's going on? So we were watching the game, and um, so this elderly man came up to us. He was like, oh, do you guys play basketball? And I was like, no, we don't play basketball. We just, you know, first time here, we're watching. And I was like, oh, I'm a basketball coach at so-so-and-so. I love you guys to, you know, come check us out. If you like it, then we'll go figure something out. Um, so we went, I think it was the following week, we watched him play. Um, we tried playing, but we were terrible because we never touched the basketball. <laughs> Um, but those guys, they were doing stuff that was amazing, dribbling the basketball. You know, we tried to, like, when you start playing basketball, dribbling basketball is weird just because you never did it before. So, but those guys were good with it. And it was like, oh, this is actually cool. So we'll go there pretty much whenever we can, watch them play. We didn't have sneakers. We didn't have shorts. We didn't have jerseys. We just, you know, regular outfits. We'll go watch them. And they kind of, like, give us shoes, you know, jerseys. So we'll go watch them every now and then. That's how it just started. And so you obviously begin to develop some skills and appreciation and a love of the game, and then a door opens. You get a scholarship offer to come to the United States from Notre Dame in eastern Pennsylvania. Am I correct on that? Yes, that's right. Uh, How did they get involved with you, and what what was the process to get from, okay, now I'm actually becoming a player, now the next step, going to the United States? Um, it it was it was a long process. Obviously, I had to um, get better first. I I had to go to a lot of camps. Um, you know, I had to wait my turn because like guys were way better than I was. Like I was I was probably like maybe three months into um, picking up a basketball. So I would go to camps with guys that have been playing basketball maybe a year or two years ahead of me. Um, they would get scholarship. They would get feedback from you know the coaches because we have guys that played overseas or. Um, in the NBA, come back with coaches and kind of like, you know, watch the athletes around the camp. So they'll go back, they'll evaluate the film, they'll give them feedback or the coaches and the coaches like, okay, so, so, and so think they might be interested in you. Um, what do you think? So for me, I just kept going back. Every time they had a camp, I would just find a way to, um, you know, talk to my mom, my uncle, see if they could get any support for me to just travel so I could go to the camp. So I, I kept doing that um, till I got an opportunity where it's like, oh, Notre Dame, I found out that, hey, you know, this kid is, wants to, you know, continue his education. He also wants to play basketball. And um, for me, they, you know, got in contact with my mom, my coaches, and my coaches like, oh, is this something you want to do? So I was like, I was like yeah, why not? So um, that's how I ended up at Notre Dame. But you had to leave your family behind. You end up in the U.S. and uh, Pennsylvania, and now you're on your own. And you're on your own at a pretty young age. Uh, that must have been 
quite the ordeal, quite a challenge, huh? Yeah, it was. Uh, first, you know, obviously, I never, I never left home to go anywhere that far. Um, I got to Notre Dame. Um, I got hooked up with a family. Um, obviously, she worked at the school at the time, so I was able to um, live with them as well as commute to school every day. Um, played uh, for Coach Ball at the time at Notre Dame. Um, so it was good. I played there for three years, and after I finished there, um, Went to a prep school here in Connecticut for a year. And, um, Fun of science. Yeah. Good basketball program. Yes. You uh, probably improved the, your skills a little bit there because I know that they've had some players there. Yeah, I think Putnam Science actually helped me a lot because um, coming from high school, um, high school is way different than prep school. And playing Notre Dame, like the, the competition wasn't as great as what Putnam offered in the workouts of Putnam Science. So at first, uh, I remember going to Putnam Science and coach could tell you the the gym is it's literally like a small gym there's no bleachers around um the floor was like a green it looks like a rubber mat I was like this is totally different from what I'm used to and um it was like I promise you if you come here for a year your game will go get to the next level I was like okay that's all I that's all I needed for that year so I was like okay why not you know it's only an additional year you've done three years in high school one year is not going to hurt. So um, I committed Putnam Science, and, you know, I got a great group of teammates where we actually worked hard every day for the eight months that I was there, and it was, like, awesome and took my game to the next level. Who are, um, who are some of the players you played with? Where do they play now if they're playing college, and do you keep in touch with them? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I play with um, Hamadou Diallo. He plays for the um, Oklahoma City Thunders. Um, I play with Mamadou. Um, he played at UConn. I think he's an assist, one of the assistants at UConn now. Um, I played with uh, Killing Ives. Um, he used to play at Ryder. I think he transferred somewhere. I'm not. I'm not sure where he's at now. Um, I think Josh plays. At, I know he was committed to Maryland Eastern Shore. I don't know if he's still there or if he's done. Then I played with the Robinson Twins. They played at Quinnipiac and the Digibridges graduated and they're playing at Copen State now. Yeah, the Robinson Twins used to Remember do them. a number on, yep, uh, yep, yep. on the Stags. Um, you dealt, now you ended up going to the University of Maine and you were there four years but played basketball only two of those four years, once because of redshirt for injury, a hip injury, and also for a personal reason. You suffered a, a personal setback, something uh, very difficult to go through. You lost your father at a very young age. How did uh, you cope with that, and what were your responsibilities to your family? You had to return to your country. You did return to your country for a while to help with your family, didn't you? Um, I obviously, it was tough losing my, my dad and my brother, um, and, you know, most of the responsibility fell on my mom, and I just couldn't, you know, sit back and just watch her do all, take care of, you know, me and my other brothers. Um, so I figured the only way I could help was to lessen that burden, and, just have a worry about my younger brothers and, you know, whatever I can contribute to help her, um, I could do that because I know if, if I had an opportunity where I could better myself and that way I could support her. I, I just didn't want to have her take care of me and my younger siblings. So um, that was part of the reasons um, why I decided to leave home, um, come to the United States to get an education, um, you know, I, I never got a chance to actually go, but just because basketball have always been, like during high school, you know, you have, once the summer comes, you have AAU, and AAU was something that was like taking most of the time in the summer. And um, for me to go back home, 
at the time it was going to be really expensive because I would have to go back home maybe for a week to whatever it didn't come back and you know I just couldn't find a, a support to do that at the time so I wasn't able to go home but I would talk to them on the phone whenever I can um which I still do um but yeah it's still tough even till today whenever I think about it you know just because like some of the things I've done I just wish they were there to see it but you know it's it's just so as it in, as it turns out, Coach um, Vincent is with you this year, but because of only the two years you played at Maine, you technically still have another year of eligibility. But you're going to need a waiver from the NCAA to uh, to get that extra year here at Fairfield. But that's something you're working on right now, isn't it? It is. Uh, yeah, we're we're exploring. You know, there's a lot that goes into that. So we're certainly exploring the options really as we speak right now and, and uh, you know, going through the process, it's still got some time to go before we, we get it in there and, and see what happens. But we're, uh, we're, I'm going to church every day. I'm uh, saying the rosary. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I've got my lucky, my lucky rabbit's foot. So anything that we can do uh, uh, to get him back here. And, you know, I think, the, you know, just this interview tells the whole story of who he is. He's just an incredible young man. And uh, been an unbelievable addition to the the Fairfield community. Community, I couldn't be more proud of of what he's brought here uh, to this this school and to our program so far. Vincent, how about you? Now that you've got a taste of life as a stag, uh, both uh, as a basketball player and as a student here in the Masters program, um, how uh, how anxious are you to keep it going as a player? I can just tell we 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 know you want to further your education. You're going to do that regardless, but how burning? How much of a burning desire do you have here to make sure you get that one extra year here as a stag? I mean, it does mean a lot to me. Even before I came in, I, you know, I had a bunch of offers and schools looking at me. And one of the things that I I was looking at for at the time, I told coach like, okay, I'm going for a master's program. By the same time, I know most of the master's program are usually two years. So I was like, if I'm going to do a master's program that's going to be two years, why not try and get two years of playing? Um, on the on the floor instead of doing one year and just going to school for the second year. I feel like, you know, playing and going to school at the same time will make it more fun instead of just doing the school aspect of it. And um, that's something was like, oh, yeah, we could certainly look into that option. And we've been working on that. So hopefully it turns out to, to be better at the end, like we've planned. So, um, like Coach, we're all hoping you get another year. Um, what would your course load be like next year? Um, actually, um for next say I get the the waiver pass, then um, right now I, I think I only have um, an inter. I have supposed to do an internship in the summer, and if I take two summer classes, then that will that will potentially complete my master's program. Then I will have to decide if I want to do another master's program or if I want to do a PhD. So, but that's something I have. So you couldn't just come here and hang out next year. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I could do that as well if, if they let me play. So. I I always said Fairfield would have been a great school for me if I didn't have to go to class. <laughs> <laughs> just PhD. This could be Doctor Easy we're talking to someday. What is your ultimate goal? What do you want to uh, do? You want to continue your basketball career for as long as you can, play professionally, and and beyond that, what does Vincent Easy see himself doing someday? Um, I definitely want to play for as long as I can, and and I feel like once I'm done playing, then I can hopefully you know save up a little bit and uh, see what I want to. You know, doing my life and hopefully I've traveled a lot, then I can figure out where I want to settle down for good and, you know, start.
out of the life. And it, it sounds like we're winding down. I wanted to get another basketball question in there. Tremendous left hand. How did that develop? Um, I've always worked on it. Um, starting, I think it started probably my freshman year. Um, I was I was heavy right-handed. And I figured, like, okay, if teams were taking that away from me most of the time, I have to, like, um, have a counter. And I will watch um, a lot of Hakeem's um, highlights and stuff on YouTube. Um, so I figured, like, oh, if you could do stuff like that within the basket, you know, a bunch of counters. Um, then I started going to the gym and working on my left hand and working on my counters. And that way I could, if team tried to take away something from me, I could always go back to the other options. Have you ever met the great Hakeem? No, I never did. I wish I did. Um, I, I never did. Um, but I still, you know, every now and then if I feel like I need to. If you ever something. do, do Joe a favor. Get him an order. <laughs> bring a basketball. Joe's I have it already. Right you do? I, no, I'm okay. okay. <laughs> I, I'm a big memorabilia autograph person. Yeah, it, keeps so. me, it keeps me young. Do Joe a favor. I knock so. over 10-year-olds for autographs. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. Um, Vincent, just one last question for Coach before we thank you for your time. I'm not going to make the mistake and ask you about the road trip. I'm just going to say Marist. We'll, you have St. Peter's as well this weekend, but Marist got you once in Bridgeport. You're going to try and uh, avenge that loss. Just relative to what you need to do well against that team, Marist, especially considering they've already beaten you once this year, what are the things you need to concentrate on? Yeah, it was one of the few games that we did not rebound in all year, and that was the first thing. They got us on the uh, on the glass, so we need to correct that immediately. Um, and they were able to off- offensive rebound against us and get some second po- second chance points. So, we you know we're gonna have to do a better job defensively. They made some threes at the time, um, uncharacteristic threes. They had some guys make them who hadn't made them all all year. Well, one I think one. Uh, St. First, he made four on us, and, and Cubbage made one or two on us. So those guys are playing better. So the scouting report's a little different because uh, their label has changed a little bit. But it, it, it always goes back, and I know people are tired of hearing this. It always goes back. We're going to have to get stops. We're going to have to rebound the ball and uh, hopefully score one more point than them. But if we, don't, if, we don't, if we rebound like we did last time against Maris, we're going to get the same result. So that will be certainly a focus the next few days. Vince, did you hear that? Yes, sir. Vince is, Vince is like, oh, my God. <laughs> Not again. No, there's your guy, though. There's your guy who's going to go out there and help you uh, solve that rebounding situation against Maris. Vince, uh, it's a great story. We're inspired by people like you. You know, guys like Thank Joe you. and me, we have it easy compared to guys like you have already, at such a young age, overcome so much adversity uh, personally and then just the challenges of assimilating a new culture and doing this so spectacularly well. You're to be commended, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best of luck, A, with everything you do here at Fairfield, and B, getting that waiver. We want to be Thank doing you. this with you again next year. Thank you. Appreciate it. That'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Jay Young. When we join you again, we'll review those Stags games at Marist and at St. Peter's, and then we'll set you up for the final four, the final four games to be played in Alumni Hall, starting with the game February 21st against Niagara. So for Coach Young and for – Vincent Easy, and for the Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis, I'm Bob Huesler. Thanks for listening to Open Court. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.